How do you go from being a pharmacist to a pastor? Well, not too long ago, literally like two weeks, I was at a freedom prayer meeting and my pastor texted me who was in the audience there. And he's like, dude, this guy that's speaking used to be a pharmacist. And I was like, no way. We got to talk. So I go up and I meet this amazing man who was a pharmacist. Not only that, but his wife is a pharmacist as well. And he took a calling from God to do this ministry. And I am just so, so excited for y'all to hear his story because there's going to be story of encouragement. There's going to be some tips here for if you have a calling on your heart, a deeper knowing that there is something more for you to do beyond what you're currently in. If you feel unfulfilled, if you have the success, but you have a, a deeper calling for fulfillment, you will want to listen in and hone into this podcast because this man is going to change the game. And with us today, I have the honor of introducing to the podcast, Justin Johnson. Justin, welcome to the Script Your Confidence podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. This is such a blessing. Dude, it's so good. So a little background, because I, I want to give you the mic because I'm so stoked for this, because people are going to be blown away by what God is doing through you. So you were, you're born in St. Petersburg, Florida, and you lived there till you moved to Tallahassee and you went to Florida A&M University and you graduated with your PharmD in 2007, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then while you were in pharmacy, you met your wife, Bridget, who's also in pharmacy, and you've been married for 17 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met when we were in college. Yeah. Wow, man. That, that's phenomenal. And you've got two wonderful children. And, and this guy is the real deal pharmacist. Like He went there. He went and did a residency, worked as a clinical coordinator before transitioning into managed care pharmacy. Then in 2012, moved up to Franklin, Tennessee, so that the wife could pursue role in IT pharmacy. And they've been there ever since. And then there was this calling to go into ministry. And that's really where Justin's going to kind of share his transition for where God had a calling to shift away from, quote, traditional pharmacy into pharmacy with the soul, meaning we get out the way and God goes. So, brother, thank you so much for your time. I'm so honored for your story and just for your presence to share with people how you can go from these are my plans to let's follow God's way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got to tell you before we jump into the story that um, I feel like my story is just a story of being led. And even with this podcast, um, like the Lord went before you in this because uh, probably three days before we met, I just had this sense that that I was going to do a podcast. And that's not something that I do routinely. That's not just something that like pops into my head. But uh, as I was driving down the street with my wife, I feel like the Lord put just podcast like like that somebody was going to ask me to do their podcast and sure enough three days later we meet and then you know you asked me to be here so um it's just amazing how the lord works and like i said like i feel like my story is a story of being led so um i didn't grow up in the church i actually came to christ when i was in college and um as i started to attend church um, I was driving back from from church one day and I felt like the Lord gave me a call that I was going to go into ministry when I was in pharmacy school. And I didn't know what the timing was going to look like. I didn't feel led to like drop out of school and, you know, pursue um, a seminary degree or anything like that. So I ended up graduating. And then after graduating, I just continued to go to church and 
it wasn't, it was like 15 years between when I felt like God told me I was going to go into ministry, but, and then when I actually took that step to go into ministry. Wow. So it's, um, again, I was sure of a couple things. And that is obviously you, you just spoke to it earlier, like being a pharmacist, like you want to help people out, right? Like you want people to leave you better than when you found them. And you want to, you know, do the best that you can in helping people. And you want to try to use whatever tools you have to be able to do that. And I really found as I was um, in pharmacy and, and doing that for people that as I grew in my faith and got to realize um, just how powerful God is and how God wants to use each one of us to, to grow the kingdom, that for me, I was leaning more towards faith things and ministry things than I was leaning towards pills and, and injectables. And um, so always having that kind of in the back of my mind that that call was there, but not really wanting to force anything. I was working and just being um, active in the church. I've got a servant's heart. So I was serving at church pretty consistently serving in the kids ministry. And then I got to be good friends with the, um, the previous campus pastor who was there. And then when he left, he recommended that, that I be the next campus pastor, which was a surprise to me. So, so I had that conversation with church leadership. They asked me about being the next campus pastor. And so me and my wife talked about it. And, you know, it was funny when, when we had the conversation, she was totally against it. And I was <laughs> driving home from this, from this meeting and I asked her, like, hey, what do you think about me being the next campus pastor? She was like, no. No, that's like an easy no. <laughs> She's like, I married a pharmacist. I didn't marry a pastor. And so we really had to wrestle with it. And obviously, you know, things are a lot different um, um, in ministry than they are in pharmacy and, you know, financially, <laughs> as well as other things. And so there's some stuff that we had to wrestle down, but we really felt like this was God's calling. And so we stepped into it. So um, I actually started as the campus pastor and stepped out of pharmacy um, at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. So I've been in ministry for the last three years. Yeah, it's been an incredible ride. Wow, brother. Well, first off, thank you for your obedience, because I'm sure that was was not easy. And uh, God had a little <laughs> uh, ringing bell for me as well uh, when I when I left the career. So you've been in pharmacy since 2007. Mm-hmm. So I've been in it since 2012. That's when I graduated as well. And and you and I both have met a lot of pharmacists who, who get in it for a core similar reason. We want to help people, regardless of whether that's community or residency or whatever that looks like. And what I find most times is after a while, it's not what they thought and they're not getting what they signed up for. So very slowly, we start to see this, oh, well, the money will make it better. And in the beginning, it does. They have the success, they feel it, but there's this like gap, right? Where they make the money and it lasts for like, I don't know, let's say two weeks. But then after a while, it starts to fade. And then they make the next batch of money and then it's only one week. And that time frame, that gap gets shorter and shorter until it's like the money doesn't matter anymore. Now, that's not saying that money's everything or it, that's why people get into it. It is definitely a factor. My question for you is when people get into a profession, regardless of the reasons, and it ends up not being what they thought, or maybe in my case, it was exactly what I thought and they loved it, but then God redirects them to a different path. 
How do you know if it's God calling you or if it's just you thinking the grass is greener on the other side, or maybe you're, you're just like pulled in different directions. Like how do you discern the voice of God? If you feel that he's calling you into a different direction? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. And one that a lot of people wrestle with is like, Hey, is this coming from me? Is this coming from the Lord? Like, how do I know? And I think as you uh, look at scripture, by and large, the Lord will course correct people. So mm-hmm. I don't think you have to worry about getting off with God. But what can happen is people can use that as an excuse for inaction. And I don't think mm-hmm. that that's the best thing. I think there yes. are a lot of things that can hold us back from taking a step. But generally, if you take a step the Lord will, of course, correct you and, and, and will make it clear if what you're doing is in his will or not. So I would encourage people to pursue something different, pursue something new. Don't be afraid to work hard and don't be afraid to step out and uh, do something that makes you uncomfortable or do something that challenges you in a new way, especially if it's in line with the core passion of how you feel like God has wired you. That's so good, man. So what I heard you say is if you feel like you have a calling, test it, lean in, check scripture, see if that is, you know, just a a whim or if that's really a calling. And, And what I had noticed when he called me to leave, I audibly heard the voice of God second time in my life, beginning of January 21. And he said, you will not be in this profession the end of this year. And I said, what? And then silence. And then I kind of ignored it. But then after a while, there was like these pokes, right? And then they started getting deeper and then more frequent. And and to your point, I started to investigate. Now, here's the next point that I think a lot of people struggle with. Let's say that they, they feel they have this calling from God and maybe they have it affirmed. So it's affirmed in scripture. They feel this calling from Holy Spirit that is really like impressing them that this is it. They're having an impression from the Holy Spirit. And then also they have people who are in their realm who are leaders in the church or elders or spiritual guides that affirm like, yes, I feel that that is aligned with, you know, you you have this triple confirmation. Once you have clarity that it's a calling you can't ignore anymore, walk us through what that looks like, because you mentioned something important. You mentioned that you had this calling and you shared it with your wife. And the immediate reaction, maybe before you finish the sentence, (laughs) was no. So how do you proceed when you feel you have a calling and other people in your life aren't exactly on board because God gave the vision to you, not to other people? So avoiding this this reliance on affirmation from others when the vision, the, the calling was given to you specifically. Yeah. Uh, Throughout scripture, you see this pattern where people try to accomplish God's plan in their own power, and it doesn't work out well. (laughs) Like there's (laughs) some consequence for it. So um, as I was talking to my wife, what it looked like for me was we were, you know, obviously talking through the logistics of what it could look like, all the, the details and stuff like that. And she was just like against it. And so I just prayed this prayer. I was like, Lord, if this is your will, you're gonna have to convince her because I don't want to have to convince her um, because things are going to get crazy. And if things get tough, if things get hard, like I don't want to have to be the one who, who carries the pressure of having to deliver on things. Like, Lord, I want that pressure to be yours. So God, if this is really your will, then you make it happen. And if not, I'll stay in pharmacy, no problem. 
And so I prayed that prayer. And so what I did was I just told the Lord, like, Lord, if you if you want us to talk about this, then just have her bring it up. But I'm not going to bring it up. And so I kind of put my dependence on God. So instead of trying for me to come up with the right argument or try to convince her that I'm hearing from the Lord or whatever it is, you know, instead of putting the pressure on me, I, I just put the pressure on him. So what would happen was she'd be thinking about it and then she would like start a conversation or she would like begin a conversation with me as if we're already like halfway into the conversation. So she would be like, yeah, but we can't because of whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, the whole campus pastor thing. No, we can't because this, so she's like wrestling with it. And again, it just, it removed me from having to try to convince her of something. I just put that pressure on the Lord. So I believe if, if God is doing something in your life and he's going to make it happen, then you don't have to try to accomplish it in your own power. Now it's a be obedient to what the Lord is putting on your heart, but really try to be honest with yourself about, hey, am I trying to do this in my own power? Am I trying to force this? Am I trying to help God accomplish his task? Or am I just being obedient to what he's calling me to? The Lord can change hearts. He can convict <laughs> people in ways that you can't, you know what I mean? Like, so God can do a work that's much greater than us. But as long as we're humbled and surrendered to him and we get out of the way, then we can let him move. That is so profound, man. And we're going to get to obedience. Like, it's funny how this is unfolding. I, I didn't plan this at all, but it's unfolding perfectly. Thank God. This is the Holy Spirit at work. But mm -hmm. when before we get to obedience, you said something that is so key that it took me a long time of stubbornness and control to understand. Give it to God. Don't try to be God and figure it out. Get out of the way so that he can have your way. If you don't know the way, it's Yahweh, right? <laughs> hey, I like that. Can I use that? <laughs> take it. Take it, man. Yes. Holy Spirit's spitting out here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if you don't know the way, it's Yahweh. So that, that's the, the key is if, you're, if you come to this conclusion and you're certain, and it's like there's no logical way, like, God, I don't know the path. And that's what faith is, brother. Like, faith is not, God, show me the plan, and then I'll do the steps. It's God calls you and you have no clue and you say yes before you know. That's really what it is. And, and I can relate to that so much, man. Like when God called me out of a career that I loved, I was good at, all this stuff. Like this podcast started from pharmacy. It's going six years, right? And, and, I, and I finally came to that moment. Crazy story for another time. I, I surrendered. I said, God, I'll, I'll quit. By the end of the year, I'll be out. I don't know the path, but I surrendered my heart. I surrendered my heart to him. And I said, I have no way, but you got to reveal it. And then sure enough, a month later, I get a text from, from this awesome dude, Kyle McCormick of Blueberry Pharmacy. Shout out to you, brother, who says, you know anyone who's looking for a part-time job? And true story, no intention. I met with him just to say, you know, what are you looking for? Let me make appropriate recommendation. And then from there, I ended up that being my transition path. Was not even on my radar at all. Mm -hmm. At all. I didn't even look. I just prayed and I said, God, this is yours. No clue. I'm terrified. All these things. So so I, I totally resonate with that, brother. And, and so many people are in this place. So the first thing is, is it a real calling from God? So just as a recap, y'all, is it a calling from God? He gave some amazing ways to check that. Second thing is, if people aren't on board and there's some resistance of logic, there's no money. I have to take care of my kids. My spouse is depending on me financially, whatever it is. Take it to God. Don't try to be God. Now, this next piece, this is where we get in the places. This is obedience. What does that look like? 
because a lot of people, if they get this far, this is where I find they trail off. They're like the, the fear overtakes the faith and the, the, the finances, the things that we see, the logic just doesn't compute. So when it comes to obedience, walk us through what that looked like for you. So you got your wife on board, you, you did a residency, you invested, I'm going to assume six figures into this education. And God's like, let's go do this. So at that point, once the wife was on board and all this, what happened next? Walk us through how that obedience looked like for you. Yeah, for me, God put some markers along the way that let me know it was him. And one quick thing that happened, I was working managed care, working from home, and I'm working, sitting behind my computer. And I just have this experience where that I can only describe as the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was just like doing mundane tasks. It wasn't anything you know, particularly like worshipful or anything, but I'm sitting at my computer. Next thing I know, my heart starts beating fast. And I just, I mean, I don't really even know how to describe it. All I know is I felt like the presence of God in the room. Mm -hmm. So I get out of my chair in, you know, my office, in my home office. And then I just hit my knees and I just said, yes, Lord. Like, yes, whatever you want me to do. Yes. My prayer is just for you to like refine me, right? Just get Mm -hmm. me ready for what you want to do in me and through me. And after that time, I know it sounds crazy, but I was um, about two years later. I'm from St. Petersburg, right? It's in Tampa Bay. So I'm watching the Bucks game and I'm drinking a beer and eating some chicken wings. And then I, I take a sip of the beer and then the next one tasted like disgusting. And I was like, I looked at it and I drank some more and it tasted disgusting. I was like, what is this? And I felt like, the Lord had reminded me of that prayer. And so I was like, oh, Lord, if you don't want me to drink, then like I won't drink ever again. So I like poured out the rest of what I had and and I haven't drank since then. And then got into a place where I was like going back through and just like thinking about things where I had fallen short of my own expectations. And this is probably about a year later. And then all of them had to do with times where I had was surrounding alcohol. And it's like, I felt like the Lord just like removed that from me. It's like something that, that I didn't need. Now, I don't think it's bad. I mean, if you drink, I don't think it's a bad thing. But I think for me, the Lord was like removing that from me, right? So this was probably about five years before I, I stepped into ministry. So I've got these markers in my life of like God doing something that I can't explain, but I can't deny. So when it was time to make a decision to trust him, it's like, oh, I've seen his power at work in my life. So if you're thinking about obedience or if you're wrestling with obedience, presence, his presence is going to be the thing that brings clarity to the situation. So if you can look back in your life and see when God was present and he did something powerful, sometimes people think we trust God because of blind faith, but it's not blind faith. Like God gives us markers in our lives. Mm -hmm. And the Israelites did a great job of literally like building an altar when God did something. And then they could look at that thing and be remembered of what God has done. Now obedience in the present isn't random and it's not like unfounded in anything. No, it's, it's founded on the faith of what we've seen them do before. So that Mm -hmm. carries us into not only the present obedience, but also the future, because to your point, like God doesn't give us certainty. He doesn't give us the plan. He gives us himself. I think presence yes. is the thing that, that carries cool. us through and really motivates us to be obedient. That is so spot on, man. Like 
that really clicked for me just last year. Uh, I've been in this year-long discipleship journey. We meet every week for a year um, called a discipleship journey from my mentor, Dave Buring, actually out of Tennessee. And that's really what he talks about is to be a disciple maker, right? To, to co-mission with Jesus, to reconcile relationships and redeem people's lives. The certainty that the world teaches us is get your money, get your job, your 401k, all this stuff. That's not certain anyway. But when we know who God is, when we know his character, when we know his ways, and we know that he's immutable, he's never changing, you can bank on it. Now, the enemy tries to twist that because he's like, oh, well, God's like your dad, and you know how your dad was, and so and so forth. But, but this is such a big thing. All too often, we think that God is a bigger version of us. So when you expand who we are as humans, all the flaws come with it, too. The truth is, we're just a smaller image of God. It says right in there, we are made in the image of God. So he's not a bigger version of us. We're a smaller version of him. Mm. And, and what you shared is so profound with, with looking into that and diving into that and, and just being attuned to the ways that he is revealing to you. And, and obedience is the key. Obedience is the key because th there's a three-step process here that, that Dave teaches. Number one is God does the revelation. He tells you what you want to change. He puts an impression on your heart. Skipping to the end, step three is transformation, and God does that too. Well, what's step two? Step two is our part. Step two is obedience. Obedience is the engine to transformation. It's we have to step out for him to step in. And it, it, it's so like, dude, th uh, this is amazing. Like your, your story is incredible. Seriously, th this is so, so good. I feel like a Holy Spirit might have something for you to say, so I'm going to pass it back. Yeah, I was just going to say, if one question for that I had to wrestle with is, can I slow down long enough to let the Lord speak? Like, mm. you can't be obedient if you don't know what God's calling you to. Yes. And it's really easy to come to the Lord with all of our stuff and not stop and hear from Him. So I think the pattern of like listening to the Lord is something that's key because again, like you won't be obedient if you don't know what he's saying. So what does that look like for me? Just asking the Lord, Lord, what are you saying? And then it's usually something that just comes right across. You know, it's, it's usually the first thing that comes to my mind or something like God knows us. He sees us. He wants to commune with us like in the garden, like there's like perfect communion with God. And then in eternity, there's going to be perfect communion with God again. And the fact that Jesus came and like ate with people and talked with people like that's God wants that kind of unity. Right. Even before Jesus went to the cross, we read in John how his, his prayer for us that we would be in unity with him. Right. So it's like, OK, look, we know that God wants to commune with us even now. So if we set time and ask the Lord, like, Lord, like it says in Psalm 139, like, Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Like, Lord, what's going on in my own heart? Lord, what do you want to say to me? Like, God will speak to you, but then you have to respond to it, right? Then you have to act. So a lot of times what we could do is we can treat God like an offensive coordinator on, on a football team, right? We had, just had Super Bowl. So if like God doesn't want to be the offensive coordinator, where like he takes the offense, you take the defense and the special teams and stuff like that. Like, that's not how it works. You got to let God be king right you gotta be sovereign over it all so if you're willing willing to be obedient and not just to hear what god says and then take it under advisement but to hear what god says and then do it 
the Lord's going to speak. And then as you develop this pattern of obedience, it just gets easier and easier. Yes. And, and I can attest to that, man, in my journey when, because I didn't really have a relationship with Holy Spirit until about three or four years ago. I listened to the sermon series. And the, the, the point that I got away from it is you pray to God, but have you ever let him pray back to you? And I'm like, oh, I'm so go, go, go and asking and all these things I'm doing, but I'm not being right. God is gentle and only he'll meet you in the soft place. Right. So that's where I started to hear Holy Spirit. That's how he speaks to me, these distant whispers. So the, the first time I did this, I just gave space. I just said, God, what do you want to reveal? And I just shut it. <laughs> that's it. Get out the way. Just shut it. <laughs> right. And then I started to get this impression. And at first I wrestled with it, you know, trying to debate and make logic. But when I acted on it, it was immediately confirmed. And then I started to do it. And the more I acted in obedience, the more frequently those impressions and callings started to be. And now it's increased not only in frequency, but also in intensity. And I just do what he say, like, here we are, right? Like, here we are. <laughs> this is yes. literally a testament of that. <laughs> so good, man. So here's the other question. People are fascinated of those who do have the courage and the calling to follow through and obey, especially when it doesn't logically make sense from their perspective. So once you did fall into this and, and you took this leap, what did that look like from an emotional perspective in terms of the fears, the anxieties of leaving a, a pharmacist salary, the quote, security of a job? into this this pastor role like what was that transition like yeah it was it was definitely humbling it's definitely humbling because it's so different than anything that i've done before but even again like the lord kind of set me up for this ahead of time so i told you i was a pharmacist um what i didn't tell you was that i was also a personal trainer and a boxing coach for a couple of years and no so no way when we moved up to Tennessee, I was kind of looking for a new way to exercise. I like to stay active. And I started working out at this boxing gym. And then as I was working out at the boxing gym, one of the owners was like, hey, you ever thought about training? And I was like, no, I never thought about that. So then I kind of tried it out and ended up uh, teaching a class. Well, I was still had my nine to five job with pharmacy. So I would teach the 5.30 a.m. class. And then I would come back home and, and do my pharmacy gig, right? Well, I, doing that for the first time, I was so nervous. I mean, I'd never done anything like that before. I, I was teaching like a group fitness class. And so it's just like me on a microphone with some music going. So if I'm not saying anything, it's just music. And it's like, it was, it was a lot of pressure, right? Like I had to really grow in a very different way. So when you graduate pharmacy school, you feel like you're kind of locked in. It's like, hey, okay, I've got my career. This is what it is. And then you go. So there's a piece of you that is just comfortable in that. Well, God got me really uncomfortable doing that. And so I remember seasoned trainers would be able to just walk in the door and just like lead a class. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'll never be there. But then, you know, as I continued to train, I got comfortable and then I did. And I remember like the first time I was able to teach a class without really planning every single step of it. And then I, uh, it just increased my confidence. So it's like, oh my gosh, this is okay. Okay. I can do this, you know? So it gave me a ton of confidence in that. Also, um, you don't make a ton of money personally training. So <laughs> I had, uh, 
I woke up early in the morning one morning and they kind of kicked my legs off the side of the bed. And I was like, okay, Lord, I think I'm done with this. I mean, like I was waking up at like four o'clock in the morning to teach the 530 class and then, you know, come back and do uh, you know, my, my job after that. So I was like, okay, Lord, I think I'm done with this. Well, that day, somebody came up to me after class and was like, hey, I just want to let you know, you're one of my favorite trainers. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so kind. I really appreciate you saying that. And then later on that day, somebody sent me a blog that somebody else had written about me. And they were a, a business owner and they were saying how your workouts can be tied to your business. And, you know, my trainer, Justin, he's so encouraging. And he just like really sets me up for success as I go through. So in, in the same day, I get two really strong pieces of encouragement. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you don't want me to quit this. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of make this deal with the Lord where it's like, okay, what I'm going to do is, Lord, I'm going to make like an overtly Christian playlist to honor you. And I'm going to tell people that I'll pray with them at the end of class. So it, either the boxing gym will tell me to stop doing that and then I'll quit or some people will get prayed for. Okay. So I would finish off my class the same way every time I'd say, if you need anybody else in your corner, let me know. I'd love to pray for you or else go out and beat up this day. Like you beat up this bag and everything will be all good. Let's break it down on three, one, two, three. Right. So that's how I would finish my class. So people would take me up on it and I'd end up praying for people. Okay. The other thing that happened is it shifted my focus for how I started the class. I would go and I would open up the gym and I would, I started to pray this prayer that said, Lord, if I do this in my own power, it's just going to be a workout class. But Lord, if, if your power is in it, this could be something that has eternal significance. And so I'd pray that prayer every day before I did a class. And so what that did is just elevated everything that I did. So that instead of me trying to do things in my own power and just being whatever it is, just inviting the Lord to move through me and, and work through me, in which case there would be an eternal significance to it if he, if he moves. So as I was taking this step of obedience, I already had this pattern of just like surrendering my day to the Lord, right? Yeah. And in every situation that I'm getting into, I'm like looking for how he's working, looking for how he's moving. So when it was time to go into ministry, I just had this pattern of surrender that was already there. So there was a lot of things that was smooth just because I already knew I needed to depend on him as it was. So it wasn't, I didn't have whiplash from going into ministry just because the pattern was the same. The formula is the same. You trust God. And as you humble yourself, then you'll be exalted. But if you try to exalt yourself, then you're going to be humbled. And I didn't want to be humbled. Amen. Law to the proud, grace to the humble. 100%, man. Here's, here's another uh, catch to this story. I was a personal trainer as well. <laughs> True story. Go. Yeah, because y'all, we, we don't know this about each other. We're, this is no. literally like living out God workings, right? So my off block uh, in 2011, during my rotations, my last year of pharmacy school, I had been like working out for a long time. So I decided to become a personal trainer through ACSM. So I did that. And then that led to my first business. 2013 was nutrition consulting, which led the way to the fit pharmacist, which I mentioned was my, my previous life. So it, it's funny that fitness and faith was a foundation. Y'all, we didn't know this before <laughs> this, this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so oh funny. man. So I guess the, the, the next thing I want to ask is what's life been since you've stepped out in obedience? So you were residency trade pharmacist, wife of a pharmacist, moved up. She was IT pharmacy. So you got this calling. You, you walked us through kind of the beginnings of that. 
Well, fast forward from that decision. You said you've been a pastor three years now. Mm -hmm. So since that, what has life looked like? What, where has God been moving and working? Tell us the, uh, the after effects. Man. Um, so going into pharmacy, having a desire to help people. I just feel like God's refined that all the more. He's taken that, that thing that was a motivator and has just like put use his sandpaper to just make it nice and shiny and, and, and wonderful and good. I mean, I have uh, such a heart for people and what they're going through. And like being a pharmacist, if you're working in retail and somebody shows up and they've got mm -hmm. something going on and they don't know exactly what they even need and, and you can help counsel them and point them in the right direction and show them. I mean, I mean, the parallels are incredible. Yes. So same thing if you're in hospital pharmacy and, and somebody's there and they've seen much better days, but they're in a place where they need help and, and they can't even really help themselves. They don't even know where to turn or where to look. And, and you're entrusted with, you know, making like, um, you know, um, IVs that are going to go directly. It's, you know, it's like being able to be in a position to help people who, like I said, you see in like their, their hardest times. Uh, God has just really refined that, that motivation that I've had going into the profession of pharmacy and just made it that much better. So it's awesome. Like when you see God move and, and answer prayers, like there's no side effects to prayers. Right. The side effect of prayer is joy. It's like, let's you go about, you don't have to worry about, uh, there's no copays involved. You know I, mean? <laughs> I love it's this. Like... I love, dude, I'm, I love this. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just good. It's just good. Like people, um, there's no insurance. There's nothing. It's good. It's good. It's good. And there's no insurance, um, just assurance. Just actually, oh my gosh, can I use that too? Take it, take it, take it. Dude. Let's go. I never said that before. This is Holy Spirit, man. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, but it's like shepherding people is a different thing. Yes. Yes. It's a different thing. And mm -hmm. in order to shepherd people appropriately, like your heart's got to be really big. And in order to, like, you know what it feels like to do a shift and then be thinking about something that happened before and be like, oh, no. You know, you kind of get that check in your spirit. Like, did I do, did I do that? Did uh, I lock did the drive-thru? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so be able to, like, just surrender what you do and be led. Again, being led is, like, super important. So God's led me through this whole thing. He's grown me in so many different ways. He's grown me in my ability to love people. He's grown me in my ability to, to care for people, even with being in pharmacy and having to do like continuing education. Like you have to continue to learn. You have to continue to grow. So like he's, he's used that pattern to, to drive me into to new understanding as I grow in, in leadership and grow my knowledge of the word. So it's been, again, I just feel like it's a refinement of everything that was there from before that he hasn't really done anything new per se, but that there's just like a fullness to it. And there's a, I can go with an assurance that what I'm leading people to is like really good and not wondering like, Hey, how about you try this? And then we'll, we'll, we'll check your levels in three months. And then if that doesn't work, then we'll adjust. 
you know, it's like, oh no, what, what I'm leading them to is going to be good. And like I said, there's no side effects. It's the Lord. Just, just Amen. Preaching, man. So, so good. Everlasting. Yeah. Everlasting healing. And this is something that I can't remember where I heard this, but it was really impressed on me strongly uh, many years ago is if you're looking to heal, the only one qualified to heal your soul is the one who created it. Mm. So we can patch up the side effects we can patch up the symptoms and I'm not poo-pooing anyone's beliefs because there's right. always a time and place for everything, right? And when you're looking for everlasting healing, you need to go to the healer, Jehovah Rapha, right? So mm -hmm. when, when you do that, it, it totally changes the game because it might sound like that's a huge task for us to do these things, but really it's not us. We just get out of the way. All we become is an abundant channel that we're made to do. Like we are equipped to be the steward, right? To get out of the way and just allow him to use us. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. He does the work. So it might sound from the outside that, oh, this is a huge task, huge responsibility. It's just an obedient calling, right? And, and the more that we feel weak, right? In our weakness, he, we are strong through him. So it, it, it's counterintuitive and and. I just want to share this for people listening. If, if you've never heard of Jesus or maybe you had a, a bad rub with the church or maybe there was some abuse with something that you encountered or, or whatever the, the thing is, I acknowledge that. I don't dismiss it. And I encourage you to really lean into this Jesus and, and how this works. Here's the cheat code. Whatever the world tells you to do, do the exact opposite. If you want to lead, the world says, oh, climb the ladder, be cutthroat. In the kingdom, God's way, Yahweh, kneel. If you want to lead, you go last. If you want to be first, you go last. If you want to make an impact, get on your knees and serve. It, it, that's it. it. It's the cheat code. So whatever the world tells you, it's counterintuitive. That's why as, as he's sharing the story, when, when you're hearing these things, like that doesn't sound like normal. That doesn't sound like how it should be, right? Because it's the opposite of the world. We want security. We want to be in control. We want to do these things. Well, instead of doing, we start being and allow him to do through us. It takes all the pressure off. You don't have to worry about these things. And again, I am not saying sit on the couch and pray. Faith without works is dead. One thing that I like, and if you haven't heard this, take it too, man. Yes, Jesus, take the wheel, and you've got to put your foot on the gas. Mm, that's good. It's the truth. It's the truth. We are called to do. We are called to do, right? So I, I just really appreciate your, your testimony, brother. And, and the other thing that I do want to share, because I want to, I want people to connect with you, because I'm sure a lot of people hearing this are, that resonates. I've been thinking about this for years. My husband, my wife won't support me. I've got kids. I'm, I feel like I'm dying inside. Like, I'm sure you've heard this from people in pharmacy a lot, right? And, and all professions. So where I met you was this training that we did at my church for freedom prayer. So can you share a little bit about your ministry and how you got to that and really what freedom prayer is? Because a lot of times we hear the word prayer and think, oh, it's just ask God for what you want, like, like treating him like a genie. So I know this is a broad topic, <laughs> so feel free to take it where the Lord leads you. But Really, what, what prayer is and what this freedom prayer mission that you're into is all about? Yeah, so freedom prayer is a ministry that I heard of that I experienced about six years ago. And when I experienced it, I was like, whoa, like, where has this been? And 
it's called freedom prayer, but I mean, it's, it's just prayer. But the point of it is to create a space to hear from the Lord and really appropriate the finished work of the cross unto our lives. Mm-hmm. So as we read scripture, we see this amazing stuff. Like it is for freedom that we have been set free, right? Like yes. if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has gone and the new has come. It's like we read that in scripture, but then yeah. you might be looking at your life being like, Hey, how come I don't feel free? You know, how come I, I feel bound up? Like, um, like what am I supposed to do to really grasp hold of this freedom? And by and large, we just don't know how to do that. So there are some tools that people are trained in and equipped with and they're biblical tools to help people, like I said, appropriate the finished work of the cross on their lives. So for example, um, I was just talking, uh, uh, talking to a guy recently and, you know, he was essentially saying that he doesn't trust God. Like Mm. if he being honest, right. He was just being honest with me and saying like, Hey, I, you know, my marriage uh, crumbled and I I thought that, hey, God, since I'm a Christian, like everything should be up and to the right, right? Like there's not going to be anything, any hardship or anything in my life. Mm -hmm. What do you mean my marriage is ending? Like um, I go to church, I do whatever. So if if you're walking around believing that God let you down and that he's not trustworthy, like that's going to affect your life. Mm -hmm. So I think we know from scripture, like that we should forgive people. So like that's something that people would say oh yeah they they understand that but what do you do with a lie well with freedom prayer you renounce the lie so if you talk about like renouncing a lie with with your average christian they might not understand what that means so like i said there's these tools like renouncing a lie that as the lord brings up stuff during the prayer time the team who is trained in these tools just helps people walk out whatever the lord is stirring up, whether it be renouncing lies or whether that be forgiving people or whether that be breaking off stuff that that you made agreements with earlier in life or uh, whether that's sin that needs to get repented of. Like there's situations that the Lord reveals. And like I said, the team is trained in how to walk people through working through those things. So, I mean, it's amazing. Like I've seen the Lord um, take off weight that People have been carrying around for 30, 40 years in a prayer time. And, but it's just because it's not that people don't love the Lord. It's just that like I said like they've had stuff that's happened in their lives and they don't really know how to grasp the freedom that's available in Christ. That's great, man. Holy Spirit just gave me something. So let's take this out of the context of, of God for a moment and just think about this for y'all listening and watching. Have you ever had a riff with someone? And maybe something didn't go as planned or you expected something and and it didn't come to pass. And you thought, oh, that person did this. And you you believe it. You have a belief that this is what they did. That's why they did it. And you have this resentment that just grows months, years. And then you bump into them at like a reunion or a party. and, And they're totally cordial. They're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, what do you mean how's it going? And they're like, what's wrong? And you tell them what you've believed And they say, no, no, you got it all wrong. Here's what actually happened. And they're not lying. They actually tell you things that make sense. It's just that slight little deviation led you to believe something that wasn't really true. And once you had that clarity, once you had that reconciliation, 
How did that change how you viewed that person? How did that change the relationship with that person, with their friends, with their significant other? It was like a night and day shift. That's exactly how this works with God. And the enemy wants nothing more than to defame and defile who you think he is. But if you read the scripture, the best-selling book of all times, it clearly shows you who he is consistently in the world, in the Bible, the whole thing. So what the enemy likes to do is distort and distract you from what the truth is because he wants to separate, he wants to divide you from who God really is. Just like those relationships that, by the way, we all have had, I'm including myself in this, where we were wronged or didn't, something did, went how we didn't want. So we made up a story in our head. We believed something that logically made sense at the time. But as time went on, we realized we were misguided because we craved that certainty to understand why we, what we didn't want happened. So then we start to unravel it and say, oh, they just meant this, but I assumed they meant that. And the moment that you have that, you start to have this clarity. You then have the opportunity to not only forgive that situation, lean into this, to forgive yourself. To forgive yourself with the grace by God that you did the best with what you had when you knew what you knew. So it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you're going to hell. This isn't a put down party or anything like that. It's simply an invitation for you to give yourself the permission to accept the grace that God's already given you, to forgive yourself because God has already forgiven you by giving you the blood of Christ. And this was the thing that tripped me up. This was the lie that I believed. So I'm going to talk this out. The lie that kept me from God is, again, I talked about the ways of the world is opposite the ways of God. What I believe is I have to be a good Christian. I have to earn my way to heaven. I have to do these good works. But what I got twisted was, it's not that doing good or bad works makes a difference. It's the motive that matters. Because if we do good things to earn our way, you are going to waste away. If instead you look at Yahweh and the way that God has by accepting the gift of Jesus, that is, it, you can't earn it. It's impossible. But the beauty, the grace of God is that he gave you his only son so that he could save you from your sin. It's the ticket to salvation. The gift is already given to you. All you need to do is make the choice to receive the gift. And once you receive the gift and then learn who God is, his ways, his character, how he never changes, how he gave his only son because he loved you so much, the more you learn who God is, the more appreciation you gain. And it's from that motive that you are so grateful and appreciative for how incredible God is to give his only begotten son for you. That's right, you listening, that he gave his son for you. Once you learn that truth, then it's from that motive of gratitude that you do good works to say thank you. It's not about if what you're doing right or wrong, it's about why you're doing it. Motive matters. So this is how the enemy works, so twist it real slightly. So if you have a, a broken relationship with God, maybe you lost someone. I get that. My mom died in my arms six days before my 21st birthday. I get it. I'm not dismissing the trauma you went through. I'm not saying injustice is okay. I'm not sweeping any of that under the rug. I'm inviting you to consider that perhaps there's something else 
that we might not have recognized. Perhaps there is a lie, just like the friend that you thought of when I asked that question, that has been distancing your relationship from the one who wants nothing else than to have a relationship with you. So much that he gave his only son to have it. Come on, you better preach. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I get fired up about this, man, because what you said is so good. It's so good, and I really invite everyone to, to really lean into this because there, there was such an amazing story here. There's such amazing testimony from, from Justin. Do I call you Pastor Johnson? What do you go by? You can just call me Justin. <laughs> Justin, it is. <laughs> and, and it's funny, actually. So JJ, this is funny. I just saw this. Our discipleship director, his name is JJ mm. at Northway. Yeah. Let's go. So God. the layers. The parallels are crazy. Yes. Yeah, man, I, yes. It's all clicking. Y'all, I didn't know any of this until this podcast. Glory be to God for that. But but I really want people to lean in. If they've got questions, if if they're thinking about this, this route of changing pharmacy, or maybe even they've they've considered ministry, whether that's a mission trip or serving, whatever it might be, or freedom prayer, because that just is what we all really want. So a, as a, a full-time coach. People come to coaching for lots of reasons. The two reasons that I found that's the through line is they want fulfillment. They're tired of the success that's empty. They want fulfillment because success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. But here's the beautiful thing. The second thing is they want freedom. They don't want to feel these golden handcuffs beholden to their job. They don't want to feel they're stuck somewhere in a place where it's not what they thought it would be, a bait and switch when they get in the career. They want freedom. They want the willingness to be known for who they truly are, made in the image of God. So if freedom sounds like a, a great thing, which it is, freedom prayer. So all that to say, brother, where is the best place or way for people to connect with you, to learn more about you, and to inquire if they want to reach out and, and get together with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot me an email. I'm not on social media or anything. I got some stuff that I do with the church, but uh, feel free to shoot me an email at jjohnson at crosspoint.tv. Um, and check out freedomprayer.org. That's the the page for the, the ministry. Uh, it's a, a wonderful ministry. It's in churches all across the, the U S so uh, you can check that out and use any of the, the contact information on there to reach out. Um, I literally know the people who wrote the book on Freedom Prayer. Like, <laughs> ministry, and they are awesome. I got a ton of confidence in them and um, in the ministries that are going. So big shout out to Jen and to Andy. And um, yeah, I would just encourage people like freedom is available. And nice. Your freedom is God's priority. So Jesus went to the cross so that you could be free. So just know, like, you don't have to try to convince God to set you free. Like, that's his whole thing. Like, that's that's the plan. The plan is for people to be set free through Christ. So just know, like, Jesus died so that you could be free and freedom is available. Um, you might have to surrender some things. You might have to take some steps and be bold. But if you want to talk about that or anything else, shoot me an email, jjohnson at crosspoint.tv. And I will have that in the show notes so y'all can connect. Uh, 
I am on social, as y'all know. So if you're like, hey, Adam, what's his email? Shoot me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. And I'm happy to connect you because this guy's on fire. And when he's talking about freedom prayer, I was there for that two-day training. Uh, my church has implemented this. Uh, one of my mentors leads that ministry in my church. So it is uh, definitely changing lives and redeeming redeeming on with that. So it, it, it literally is the real deal. I have experienced it myself a couple of years ago. It is incredibly freeing is literally the best word I can describe it. Incredibly freeing. So brother, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you for your generosity. You, you totally crushed it. So whenever I got that text, so shout out to Pastor Dave at Northway. Thank you, Dave D'Angelo, for this connection, for this prompting. Again, this was all Holy Spirit the whole time. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. So glory to God on that, brother. But seriously, thank you so much for, for all the work that you do, for your obedience to God, and for just being an abundant vessel and for sharing your testimony and how God's working through you. Because oftentimes it's it's through the tests we go through that write the foundation of our test testimony so that we can go and be a light for those who feel trapped by darkness. So I appreciate you, man. I, I love you so much. And uh, I can't wait to follow you and see what God continues to do through you to light those around you. Well, dude, I just want to encourage you too, because the one thing that I've learned as a pastor is that um, you don't always see the fruits of your labor, but I just want to let you know, man, like you're, you're doing the Lord's work out here and you don't know all the stories of the people who listen to your podcast, who take small steps in response to something that you've said. So um, just a, a twofold encouragement. One, one encouragement is, bro, keep it up, keep it up because you're doing a good work. And the other encouragement is for those of you who are listening. Uh, you don't know how much it means to Adam just to shoot him an email and just let him know how the podcast has affected your life. So um, that would really go a long way. So I don't know if you say it, but I'll say it. Um, like and comment on the podcast. <laughs> Five-star rating. Because <laughs> uh, one thing that people don't have enough of is encouragement. And dude, mm -hmm. like the way you carry joy, the way you carry encouragement, I just know that you're making an impact. So keep it up, brother. Keep it up. I appreciate that, man. I received that fully. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is kind of cool, but this is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with the Dr. Pastor Justin Johnson on the Script Your Confidence podcast. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. You were blessed to be a blessing. God bless y'all.